Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. test and right before the test the teacher does a little bit of recap but if you didn't study that was your that was your study Mr. Clifton's bobbing his head he he must have sat next to me in class all right we talked about timing we talked about seeds you see some of us need to ask God what season are we in every time he turns around we're doing something different you're selling insurance today You're, you're a real estate investor tomorrow you're a chef the next day what has God called you we got to stop expecting quick fixes to have permanent, permanent, permanent results. Okay? You got to understand God, how do I explain this? God never does what is easy or what it what looks like to be easy to us. God does what is divine. Okay, y'all looking at me crazy. You see, Noah was 600. So why is a 600-year-old building an ark? You see, Mary was a virgin, yet she had the the son of man. See, it doesn't make sense to you and I. Peter was a cussing fisherman, yet he became a disciple. Jonah was a backslider, but God still used him. You done did all the stuff you've done, and God is still using you. Are y'all acting like y'all been perfect y'all whole life? You ain't never made no mistakes. We acting like you ain't messed up last week, and God ain't right there with you. Let's not act like we ain't, okay. Y'all going to be cute tonight. Y'all going to be cute tonight. You see, God isn't looking for flawlessness. He's looking for willingness. That's why God looks at the heart. You see, everybody we just named all has a reason why we shouldn't use them, Mr. Dayton. Yet God still found a way to do something that isn't conceivable to our natural mind. God used all these people throughout the Bible where there is a laundry list of things why they, that, that, that can discredit them. Okay, so if God looked at you and said, oh, she did this wrong, I ain't using her. Oh, he lied about this, I'm not using him. Or he didn't do this, I'm not using him. Then none of us will be where we're at. If God, if, if God retracted the grace and mercy from each and every one of us, oh, you wouldn't be sitting on that front row, Mr. Lyman. No, you wouldn't be there right there, uh, uh, Deacon Williams. You wouldn't be there. We're going to stop acting like we don't serve a gracious God. See, stop trying to make sense of it to yourself. Them degrees on the wall do not... Come on, all right. Y'all going to be cute tonight. We going to be cute tonight. Don't sit there and act like God can't use you. Don't sit there and act like God can't use anybody. All right. Okay. Every time you start something and it doesn't yield instant fruit, we change to something else. You want to know why? Because we do not understand process. So we're going to talk about timing, but if you want to put an asterisk or a little the quotation, I don't know, the deliver. The literature turn, but we're going to talk about trusting the process tonight. The process. You see, everybody, we're still in the process. It's still in the journey. You see, when you get your hair did, now this is for the ladies. When you get your hair did, you get the braids. But before you get the braids, you got to take whatever you have down, and then you have to wash it unless the hairdresser does it herself. Y'all looking at me like, how he know that? And while the hairdresser is doing your hair, if she were to stop in the middle of the process, it, it wouldn't look like the end result was supposed to look. Or fellas, when you about to get your hair cut, you wash your hair the night before. Now the fellas, you know y'all got the bald ones. This ain't for y'all. 
I'm gonna get y'all later. I see a few of y'all looking like, ah, I ain't brushed my hair in a minute. <laughs> well, you see, if they would have stopped in the middle of your haircut, Mr. Jones, you, it wouldn't look how it was supposed to look at the end. See, when you're going through the process and it doesn't make sense to you, when it doesn't make sense to you in the process, we give up and we go to something new. But it's all a part of the journey. Okay, watch this. God has to break your habits so you can enjoy your harvest. See, you're so used to quitting every time something gets hard, that's your habit. You'll never get to your harvest until you break your habit. So God has to break your habit. But some of us don't want to break our habit. That's why we're still in the same spot. 20-something years later, and we're still taking the same test. Where you are right now is a product of your habits. Change your habits. Change where you are. Please put up my first point, please. We're going to get into it now. We just had to kind of lay... Pop say you always got to lay the foundation. You got you to lay it down a little bit. Okay, it says prayer does not change the process. So stop trying to pray for an easier road to get to where God has called you. So something about this journey is bumpy and it's illy and it's going to go left and it's going to go right. It's topsy and it's turning, but it's all going to make you who God needs you to be to do what he's called you to do. Some of us want an easier road, but this is the road that God has called you to take. You don't believe me? Let's go to John 16, 33. John 16, 33. You don't have it yet. It's on the screen. It says, I have, I have told you these things so that you, oh, let me read it from my Bible. I don't like looking on the screen. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you, ha you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have conquered it. That means God said, I already, I, I've seen the end, and I've seen the beginning. So everything you're going through does not matter. It's only going to make you better. Don't worry about it, because in 2 Timothy 2.12, it says, Jesus said, if you suffer with me, you will reign with me. You can't skip suffering and get straight to reigning, or you won't understand the process. You got to understand, your lesson, your lesson is in the suffering. Your lesson is when you go to work and you keep hitting this wall, you keep hitting this wall, but eventually that wall is going to get knocked over. But if the first time somebody told you, no, Miss Huey, well, you wouldn't be where you are today. All right, y'all going to be cute. You're going to be, it's all, they're going to be cute, Miss Jones. They're going to be cute today. Like, if you, if you were to stop the first time somebody told you no. If Jesus was to stop the first time somebody criticized and said he wasn't going to be who he already knew he was going to be, well, we, none of us would be in here today. Okay. Okay. You got to say, things that come quickly do not last. It's just a quick fix. You're trying to put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It's not going to work. Okay. It's okay. Put up my next point, please. God will always allow you to have enough time to do what he's called you to do. So stop thinking you're running out of time. Well, I'm 90 years old. Well, I'm running out of time. No. See, time and purpose are two different things. So you're looking at man's physical version of time, but your purpose is still running. You see, okay, watch this. Purpose always requires inconvenience. Okay. Jonah chapter 1. Jonah is broken up into four, four different pieces. See, in the beginning of Jonah, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, the assignment. What did Jonah do? Jonah, Jonah heard what God told him to do, 
and start looking with his natural eyes and start already negotiating why he couldn't do it. He started discrediting it. So because the Ninevites was, you know, they was tripping. They was like some of, the, some of your cousins. You know the people you don't really want to go see at the family reunion? They was acting up. So God, Jonah was already trying to rationalize with God. Why are we doing that? So then, that, then he rejected the call. Part three. Then he runs from the call. And as part of the running from the call came the consequence. And then while he's in the bottom of the fish, he realized how wrong he was and got right with God. And, got, and this fish spit him out on the, on, on the sand. And then... In the midst of, after the consequence, the running, the consequence, understanding what he did wrong, God still allowed him enough time to do what the, his mission was. Some of us need to realize that we're running from what God called us to do. Some of y'all been in the fish and don't know you in the bottom of the fish. And you've been there so long that you didn't got comfortable, Mr. Clifton. They'd have been there so long they didn't got comfortable. That they have made a house and a home and comfortability because it is their comfort zone. Y'all playing tonight. Y'all playing tonight. Y'all playing tonight. But it's okay. We're going to get there because in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given you the spirit of fear. But if Jonah would have remembered that, but he wasn't there yet. It's okay. It's before his time. But God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So I lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge him. He was leaning to his own understanding, and he was trying to rationalize why God's going to send me over here with these people chopping people up. You don't want to witness to the people at your job because you don't, know, you don't, you don't think that it's going to make you look good at work, Mr. Anderson. You're trying to rationalize, well, God told me to talk to this person, but if I talk to this person, it's going to make me uncomfortable. We talked about it on Sunday. Stop trying to make everybody else around you feel comfortable while you're pursuing what God has for you. If you were... If, you're never going to get what God has for you if you're so worried about making everyone else around you feel comfortable and included and inclusive in what God is doing for you. If Jesus was, trying to, was worried about making everybody around him feel comfortable, then the mission would have never got done. He probably would have never got crucified. None of us would be here. It's all right. You got to understand. See, the devil understands your potential. The devil can't stop you. He, re- he, he cannot stop you. He, the only person that can stop you is the person that you look in the mirror every day. So I have to convince you that you're not as strong as you think you are, that you're not strong as you think you are, that God's not there for you like the devil already knows he is. He's a deceiver. I'm deceiving you to believe that you're not something that I know you are. The problem is you don't believe what this thing says you are. But we got all the rights and the amens and all the right ad-libs on Sundays and Wednesdays. The devil knows you're not going to put none of this into play tomorrow. So why he let you go to church? Why he let you go to church? You're not going to do nothing that we talked about tonight or nothing that pastors talked about for the past 30 years. You haven't used to. Not after tonight. tonight. Tonight's the last night. Tonight's we get out of the belly of the fish and we get onto the beach and we go into what God has called for us to do. You see, God has to hold back your blessings because you have prioritized comfort over his mission. You're prioritizing comfort. Jonah tried to prioritize comfort. That's why he ran away because it made him uncomfortable. When God is calling you to do something, you will step out of your comfort zone. Okay. 
It's okay. Put up. Can you get my next point, please? Faith in God is not proven in victory, but in process. Noah was 600 years old when he built the ark. But he didn't succeed in building the ark and doing what God told him when they stepped off the ark when the land was dry. No, he succeeded when God told him to do it, and he accepted the process. The road looks too bumpy, so I don't want to accept the process. I don't understand how I'm going to do this, God, because you're still trying to see it with your physical eyes and not your spiritual eyes. Okay, don't worry about it. Put up my next point. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. It says victory is one in process, not in the outcome. Everybody take your Bible and go to Luke 22. And then we're going to go to 39, and I'm going to read down a little bit. And I think that we're going to bring this all together about process. And it said, he went out and made his way as usual to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him, and he reached the place he told them, pray that you may not fall into temptation. Then... He withdrew from the from about a stone throw, knelt down. He began to pray, Father, if you are willing. That's the human side of him. See, he understands the journey. He understands how hard the journey is going to be and how much everybody is going to come against him and how difficult it's going to be. This is the human side of Jesus. God, what did he say? He said, Father, if you're willing to take this cup away from me, nevertheless, my, not my will, but your will be done. In the midst of how bad it might look and might hard, how hard this might seem, doing what God told him to do, what he was birthed to do, still superseded his frustrations and his doubts. There's no success without sacrifice. So, our salvation was not won on Galgotha's hill. Nor was it one when he, when he died and, and came out of the grave. No, our salvation was one in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because right there is where he accepted the process. Y'all not getting that. Y'all not getting that. Y'all not getting that. He accept, in the Garden of Gethsemane is where our salvation was won. God accepted the process. Not my will, but your will be done. He removed all the slight little bit of humanity he had left out of him. So I can be in the perfect will of God, that no matter how bumpy this road gets, no matter how many people come against me, Ms. Barry, no matter how many people say, I can't do this, you're not smart enough, you don't seem good enough, you can't do this, you can't do that, how many people, it doesn't matter about that, God, not my will, but your will be done. Then he got mad at the disciples. Why y'all keep sleeping? Because they chose physical rest. He, the reason why he told them you need to be praying, watch this, the reason why he told them you need to be praying was not because he didn't want them to sleep and not even to pray for them. He knew that they needed spiritual strength for the road that was going to come after he left. Y'all better get this. Y'all worried about sleeping. You worried about your physical being. But God is trying to tell you, you need to strengthen your spiritual self. Because what I've called you to do, oh, you're going to need to be on your knees praying. Your, your communication with him has to be so strong because of the journey I've called you to do. 
only time we pray is over our food, though. That little prayer in the morning, God, you know, direct my steps, give me the work, safe and sound. That don't even work. You don't even believe that. You got more faith in turning your ignition on in your car than you have in God. You got more faith that that check going to be there on Friday than God doing what he told you he was going to do. That's why every night you keep praying the same thing. You're not really paying. You just, just keep cursing it. You can say them prayers with your eyes closed. You can say them prayers while you're cooking because it's out of repetition. We're going to stop praying out of repetition. When you told God the first time, he heard you and he sent it right away. But you don't always, okay, watch this. I got a, uh, I got a cousin of mine. He's like a cousin. I grew up knowing him my whole life. Works at the post office. Been working there mostly my whole life. Now, the thing about the post office is when you send something off, you get a, and they give you a tracking number, right? So when you pray for something and God, and it goes to get, God gets it, he immediately sends it off, and it has a tracking number, right? Post office can give you tracking numbers. But the thing about it is, now you have an expected or an anticipated date. Now, when something has an <laughs> come on, somebody, with this anticipated date that it has, it's, it's not, see, it's not, it might not be next day shipping, Amazon. <laughs> it, 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 it might not be two to three business days, FedEx, UPS, DHL. You see, when it's the post office, that means it's coming, it's coming, it's coming from the big dogs, right? You see, it comes right when God ordains for it to get to you, not a second later, not a second sooner. Because if it came a second early, you won't be able to handle it. If it came too late, you were already past it. If it came too early, you weren't mature enough to be able to handle, withstand it, and deal with it. That's why you want the increase God going to give you, but you're not really ready enough to deal with it. So you're asking for something from God that was really going to destroy you because you're not ready yet. So it's coming. It already got sent. Packaging, handling, uh, uh, insurance, all that stuff, right? The anticipated date has not come yet because you are not in the right position. It's still a part of the process. It's a process. So you have to trust the process. You see, Noah trusted the process. Okay. Jonah didn't understand the process. That's where a lot of us get out of error. Because we're trying to rationalize with God. Why are you calling me to do this? Oh, God, you can get somebody else to do it. I told you Jonah broke up into, the book of Jonah is broke up into about four parts. I read it the other night. I ain't going to lie. I read the whole book. I said, man, I read a whole chapter, a whole book of the Bible. That was an accomplishment for me. Now, Jonah ain't nothing but about eight pages. <laughs> Jonah ain't nothing about eight pages, but when I got up, I said, boy, I got something for them tomorrow. I got something for them tomorrow. It's all right. I got something for them. And then I went and read Ruth. Ruth's three pages. <laughs> Ruth's three pages. But in the midst of me reading Ruth, process. And I understand the process, and I'm not so much worried about the outcome. Because if I'm always looking, then what's in front of me will stumble me. Because you're still worried about the end. God's seen the end in the beginning. God's seen the end in the beginning. So what are you worried about? He's not a God that he should lie. He's not going to let you fall into hurt, harm, or danger. Do we really trust God? 
Because if you trust God, then you'll trust the process. That was for somebody. That, 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 that was for somebody. But y'all going to act cute tonight. Because talking about the disciples, they were trying to get physical rest when God needed them to get spiritual strength. Most of us are willing to prepare for physical threats. You lift weights, you exercise, you do all of this stuff, but not ready to deeply prepare for spiritual threats. When was the last time you really just prayed? I'm talking about really pray, not when it's a 911. See, the only time we go, to, we, we call on God is when it's a 911, or we pastor has altar call, and it's the 911 line, and you coming up right here, because I need a 911 right now. We only come to God a lot of times, like that cousin, you know. You know that cousin, every time he call, you know they want something. And what you do, you look at the phone, they don't want nothing. What if God did you like that, coach? What, what, what if God did you like that? What if God looked at the phone and put it down every time you call? Because he know, Courtney, you only want something. You're not thanking him for nothing. Or you preface the prayer by thanking him for the little stuff. Thank you for the roof over my head, the clothes on my back, shoes on my feet. But you don't really mean that. You're just saying that out of repetition. So we can hurry up and get to the part where I ask for stuff. And even if it was God was to give you what you're asking for, could you handle it? Are you spiritually mature enough to be able to withstand all the trials and tribulations that come with it? I made the reference to the lottery. 70 to 80 percent of the people that win the lottery in the next three to five years lose it all because they process. They want to skip the process and just get to the result. But in the midst of the process, you learn how to withstand the result. I remember, uh, you tell your story, I remember I was in the Army, I was about 20, 22, 23, and the lottery, you know, lottery been out, but lottery got you a billion dollars. And I had never played a lottery in my life, didn't know how to do none of that, and so the lottery goes, I'm going to go play the lottery. And the whole time I'm going to drive, so well, God, if it, if it be your will, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, I said, God, if it be your will, I'm going to tithe off of it, I'm going to give a good offering. Boy, at 20, a billion dollars, I, I get to the stand, and he's like, what's your numbers? You know, I don't know no numbers, so what did I do? 20, 15, 35, 37. We're not doing that. We're not doing that, see? But I played the lottery. It's funny, I shared this story with my mother. She told me the same story. She played the lottery. She said, Lord, if it be, if it be your will, <laughs> would have destroyed me. would have destroyed me. Sometimes God blocks things from you because you know you can't handle it. If he really gave you everything you asked for, would you even be in here? If you were to get the increase at your job that, that you really asking for every night, could you handle it? Don't answer that out loud. That's something you look in the mirror and have to answer yourself. Where you are right now, you say, oh, if I had what I had now, if I knew what I knew then, at 22, where you are right now, could you handle it? Or would you be in a way worse spot than you are now? Oh, if I made this amount of money, if I had this, you want all that increase to, to impress the opinions of people. You're not asking for all that stuff from God so you can, you can serve him better and reach more people and change more lives. You're doing that so you can stun on a person two rows over. See, the only thing they can give you is an opinion. And even in the midst of your son, it only changes a few of their opinions. So why are you trying to appease men? 
and appease the people in the pews to your left and to your right. God knows it will only do more harm than good. So that's why the blessing, the tracking number, it's coming. You just got to go through the process a little bit. Because in the process and in the journey is where you learn how to withstand the blessing that God is going to give you. It ain't that it's not coming, because it's coming. He's not a God that he should lie. You put your faith out there, God going to meet you right where you at. But can you really handle it? Can you? You see, Abraham... Noah, 600. Mary was a virgin. Peter was a cussing fisherman who denied Jesus three times, yet God still used him. That just means even in the midst of your sins, when you slip and you repent, he's right there. God don't switch up on you like you switch up on your friends and your family. Some of us need to thank God that God ain't like us. Because if God was like you, none of us would be in here. Oh, no, 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 no. We all can clap on that. We need to thank God that God ain't like us. If God was like the creation he made, because y'all know the stuff y'all done did, because I know the stuff I done did. Y'all can be cute like if you want. Y'all can be cute like you've been at Harvest Church your whole life, like you've been serving God your whole life, like you ain't never made a mistake your whole life. Okay. My last point, please. Cameraman's telling me to hurry up. The victory is won in the process, not the outcome. You don't win when you finally, you don't win when, 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 your, when your business finally booms. You don't win finally when you hit the lottery. You don't win when, 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 when you get all your goals done. You don't win at the end. No, you win when you fell on your face four times in a row. And then you finally realize, if I step to the left, I'm not going to hit this wall. A lesson, you learned in a lesson. In life, there's only wins and lessons. You either win or you learn from it. The only time you lose is when you keep repetitively slipping on that slick spot. That is a loss. And even in your loss, God is still with you. See, some of us think, how could God use me? Plus, God has put a, a stronghold around us. He, He's put something around us that's going to keep us safe. But if your words just keep tearing down the stronghold that God's put up around you, that's fortified around you, you're your own enemy. The devil can't stop you. And if he can't stop you, then he tries to get behind you and push you and make you think that you're running out of time. I'm 40 years old. I, you know, my life's over. I can't, you know, I might as well just settle down and focus on the kids. I'm 22 years old, and if I don't have this amount of money by now, life's over. I, I, I would, I've been wasting my life. Stop thinking you wasted your life. Because even in the time that you may not have been successful, you still were learning, and it's still a part of your journey. Counting yourself out. How are you going to count out yourself when you got God on your side? You're discrediting God's greatest creation, which is you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made in his image, his likeness, and his similitude. Yet at every turn, you're, you're cutting your own self down. You're letting the situation or your frustration overcome your faith, which has put you in the perpetual situation that you're in. But not today, not after today. So we're going to go into Thursday tomorrow with a whole different mindset, Miss Anderson. 
We're going to go into Thursday with a whole different mindset. You see, a lot of us go into Thursday like, man, I'm just waiting to get to Friday. For what? You ain't doing nothing on the weekend. It's just a few days off. So let's back to it. Or we hobble in here on Sunday because that's the day we're supposed to come to church and put your nice suit on. And we come in here and we amen at the right time. And when Donnell and them playing a good song and Miss Jemison singing real good, you come down here and you got all this praise. You got all this faith. At home, you're miserable because you're stuck in frustration. You're hitting the same wall and you're not realizing you're not passing the test. You're still in the fish like Jonah. But unlike Jonah, you have become comfortable in your frustration. You have learned how to, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Coexist. I'm sorry. You have learned how to coexist. You have learned how to live and go through life in this belly of the fish. So much so, if I was to tell you you were in the bottom, of, in, in the belly of the fish, you wouldn't even know it. See, the only person, a lot of times with a person, they don't know they're wrong until someone else tells them they're wrong. So you don't know that you're stuck in quicksand and you're never going to get anywhere until someone tells you. Well, that's where discernment in the Holy Spirit comes in. Don't go there. Go that way. Don't go that way. We got to invite them in every day. I always make this reference about y'all being on Facebook, making them long Facebook statuses in the morning because I'm tired of seeing them. Tired of seeing them. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But the thing about it is, that's how we start our day. How you got that much to say at six and at six in the morning? I'm not even up yet. I might be up, but I ain't up. You know when you up, but you not up. My mom knows. Don't call me till after nine thirty. I ain't got nothing to say. My voice do. You got like you got a frog in your voice. Rooting and grounding is something much deeper than self. Rooting and grounding yourself is something much deeper than what you already know. See, a lot of times when, some, when, some, when somebody knows something, when they run out of something new to say, they always revert back to what they, what they know. So after all your faith is out and all your scriptures and all the things you got to fight, the devil runs out. You revert back to a comfort place. I got you. The devil knows. I got you. Them little prayers ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to back up and I'm going to let you have a few good days out the week. You thinking, oh man, everything's going good. You're gonna fold like laundry. Every time. You're not folding no more. Today is the last day. We're gonna understand this timing. We're gonna understand seeds. We're gonna understand the power of seeds. That means we're gonna understand the power of our words. We talked about when, when, when a farmer's planting, he has an expectation on his seed, a demand on it. We come up here every Sunday and Wednesday, put our tithes and offering down, and we say the same little prayer, because, and that's no demand on your seed. Keep it. It's not going to do anything for you because you haven't put a demand on it. Put a demand on what you put down. Put a demand on your day. Put a demand on your children. Put a demand on your job. Put a demand on your finances. Put a, a demand on your business. And watch it grow. You have no goals for what you... You have no goals, you have no anything, no expectation for it. You're just throwing it out there and hoping something happens. You wishing, you hoping, and God ain't in that. That's where you at, where you at. Write your goals down. Make your kids write their goals down. 
A goal that isn't written down is just an idea. And you can forget an idea. When you write the goal down, every day you see it, it holds you accountable. And every day that I don't do something that is working towards that goal, I understand I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But in the midst of you having all these, you know, corporate goals and business goals, where your spiritual goals at? When the last time you've seen somebody walking down the street and said, ask them if they know about Jesus? Why, man? Why? Oh, we still worried. We're so concerned about getting my business here, doing this at work. If I can just stay in the good graces of my boss, I can move up and get this promotion. Or I'm focused on school, or I'm in a master's program, and I, I'm in my doctorate program, or I'm, I'm doing all of this, and none of this even has anything remotely to do with what you were born to do on this earth. What Pop say, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Boy, you can hear, boy, you can hear a feather sneeze. Boy, quiet in here. That's what you put on the earth to do. Not so you can make a certain amount of money, do this and do that. A lot of us want the increase in the blessing from God, like I said. To impress the person to your left and to your right. And whether you get the increase or not, they're still going to have something to say about you. That you may not like. So I can park my car in the front after church. Come back in and get my wife. Show off my new car. Got gas in. See, when I was in the army, I, I remember when I got that, uh, I got my, my baby, my, 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 my car, and I was so consumed with making everybody else, oh, you're going to see this. I used to park in the middle of the street, leave it running with the, with the music blasting, just to run inside to go get a bottle of water. I just, I just want them to see it. Oh, y'all going to see this. This, this pretty Lexus outside. Y'all going to see it. Just got it clean, detailed. I left the door open and everything. I could have took my car and ran off with it. But I'm trying to look good for you and these raggy little girls. Don't laugh. We all did it. Some of y'all had, what y'all had? What y'all had a Nissan Maxima? I'm talking to somebody in here on them Lorenzo's. It's, it's funny. It's funny how the opinions of men matter so much to us. Yet being in the right season and the right timing with God seems to take a back seat. Got to change this. It's funny because that car was parked in the middle of the street. Most people didn't know I didn't have money to put gas in. But I look good, though. Girls like it. Partners high-fiving me, dapping me up. But I only had 16 miles left till the car went empty, and I was just going to the gas station that was around the corner, not even to get gas. Just to park, sit there, blam my music, and look good for the opinions of men. Silly girls. You to ask me for twenty dollars, I didn't have it. Look good though, clean. I had to scrounge up all the quarters to go 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 to the you know not not the drive washer you, that you wash it. I had to wash it. So I took all the quarters I had and I'm trading dimes to get quarters so I can wash it. So it's something how we put such an emphasis on image. We more worried about how we look. We more worried about looking like we have the million dollars than actually having the million dollars. You ever worried, you ever notice the wealthiest something well first of all there's a difference between rich and wealthy. 
Wealthy is a mindset. So it's funny because the wealthier most people get, the less they're worried about appeasing people that don't matter. Because to be honest, the person to your left and to your right, their opinions don't matter. I'm going to get off this stage after I get done ministering. Your opinion does not matter. I don't live with none of y'all. At all. You do tonight is what you do tonight. And how you wake up in the morning and go to work and may forget to brush your teeth because you're running late is what you want to do. Opinions do not matter. As I was preparing and got the call. You know, you get, I got done with Sunday and boy, oh, son, I'm good. Y'all win. All right. It's something how still preparing for part two of the message. Still learning. As much as I'm on stage right now ministering to you, this is ministering to me. And that even in the midst of you going through something, it's funny how you're going through something, yet you're ministering about it. See, a lot of times people think the person on stage has got it all figured it out. I'm no different than the person that's sitting on the last row or the first row. Because we all have to fight every day with timing, seasons, the process, the journey. Journey never stops until you die. You're 99 years old. You are still on a journey, and God still has a plan for you. Talked about how it, it seems like, oh, God isn't using me no more. God's done with me. No, your season is changing. But if your mindset is stuck in a previous season, then how can you expect God to do something for you freshly and different when your mindset hasn't changed, which means your habits haven't changed? Two plus two equals two, right? And two plus two equals four. I'm sorry. Two plus two equals four. Hey, 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 hey. First of all, we can go pull some of y'all test scores. We ain't about to do that. I seen y'all transcripts. Two plus two equals four. But by the time you get to what, eighth or ninth grade, you see now it's not two plus two equals four. It's, I remember, matter of fact, Mr. Rashana Freeman, this for you. I never forget. See, when we were doing regular math and addition, subtracting, multiplication, division, and then all of a sudden something happened. Showed up to school, and it wasn't two plus two equals four, it was two plus X. I said, hey, 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 you know some letters in here? The run on sentence. Who's Y? What's X? And those same, the same ways I used to find out the answer to find what two plus two is don't work when you're trying to find two X plus two Y. See, some of us are trying to use the same methods to what we did in a, in, a pri in a previous season for a new problem. So do we really want it to work or we just want the old ways to work? We want God to do something fresh, new, and different, yet we want to change none of our habits. You see, when you come into a new grade, the first thing the teacher has to do is either first, we're going to build on some things. But a lot of times I have to undo your bad habits. If I'm teaching you how to play basketball, then the first thing I have to do is undo those bad habits. Put your elbow in. Spread your fingers. But you want to be cute. You think you think you Steph Curry. Okay. We're going to be cute about this and not understand the process. We have to change some things. And change is okay. Change is uncomfortable. 
But in everything, change is necessary. God knew that the disciples not only had to strengthen themselves, themselves up, but they had to make some changes. Or the New Testament would be a lot shorter. A whole lot shorter. No, no, a whole lot shorter. Okay. You see, when you're understanding process, you see, we didn't get here when we purchased them all in what? 19 what? 80 something? 90 something? 90 what? 94? 93? We didn't get here in 93. 90? We didn't get here in 90. Whether it was 90, 93, 96, 98, 2000, we didn't get here then. You didn't get here now. You see, when he worked at Colgate Palmolive making 20 something dollars an hour in 1986, I know that. Now, I know that one. I might not know when we got here, but I know that story. And it's funny because when God told you to get off that job, everybody looked at you like you were crazy. But it's me saying yes to the calling and yes to the process and understanding that it may not be easy. It will be some suffering, just like it says in 2 Timothy. I said yes to the process. I said yes to the journey. And I understood that this may not be easy, that my, my, my friend on my left might leave me and, and, and my friend on my right might not agree with me and my, my wife might not understand what we're doing. But I, I'm saying yes to the process. It's something because when you say yes to the process, God already knows the end. God knew when you said yes to the process what your ending was going to be. Yeah, we going to God asking him, hey, do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? God knows what tomorrow's going to be. You've never seen tomorrow. So tomorrow seems scary. It's not scary, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Because tomorrow you're going to have to do something that you've never done. And doing something you've never done will pull you out of a comfort zone and pull you out of your habits. We're going to break some habits. We're going to come out of our comfort zone. We're going to allow God to show us everything he has for us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to pray now. Because tomorrow's coming. We're not going to do what we did today tomorrow. Our mindset's going to change. It has to change. Too many people are depending on it. Noah built an ark at 600. God knew when he was six days old what he was going to do at 600. So when you were six days old, God knew what you're going to do at the age you are now. Stop being afraid. God, I thank you that our mindsets are going to change. God, I thank you that we're going to understand timing and seasons and the power of our words. We're going to trust the process. Yeah, it may not look all sunshines and rainbows, God, but I'm still trusting you. We're not doing things for the for the, for the opinions of men and the high fives and the amens, God, we're, we're focused on you. And from this day and forevermore, oh, we're going to be different. Thursday ain't never seen us before. Our job ain't never seen the person that's going to show up to work tomorrow. Not because we got a new outfit on. Our mindset is changing. Our habits are changing. Our life is going to change. Our kids are going to be in a better place. I'm putting an expectation and a demand on everything I touch. Nothing around me can be dead. Nothing around me, can, growth can be stunted. If it's not growing, get it out your life. If it's not helping you grow or pushing you towards growth, get it out your life. 
So some of us are going to have to let go of some of them friends. Some of us are going to have to let go of some, some of them family members. I can't hang out with you right now. You ain't doing nothing but talking about foolishness. You know about everybody's relationship status. You know about everybody, how much money this costs, and how much this costs, and how much that costs. None of that is building you up. It's only making you realize everything that you don't have yet. And remember, when you ask God for something, oh, it's coming. Oh, you got a tracking number with an estimated time of arrival. It's coming. Process. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.